Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Did it happen, Marcus? Yeah, it happened. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. As always, I'm with Marcus Parks. Hello. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to flip the whole thing. I'm doing. I'm plugging Twitter right now. Okay. Follow Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm at Ben Kissel. Let's see here. So we did have a very fun week. I was thinking about this. First of all, thank you all so much for the responses on the last episode. Uh, Marcus, Cena, John, and myself had a very lively debate about guns, and everyone loved listening. Uh, everyone loved listening to the um, podcast, and they were screaming. <laughs> and I, I think that we are uh, responsible for many uh, voices going hoarse and many throats becoming sore. But we will continue that conversation in early January. We'll have Cena John back and uh, we'll do another round and we'll really solve the gun crisis right here at a Mexican restaurant <laughs> in Long Island City. That's what we do. So I was thinking about this this week. Uh, Trump is upset with the Republican establishment, the Reince Priebuses of the world. Mm-hmm. Priebus. <laughs> they had a behind the close. They had a closed door meeting, which everyone says it as if it's so nefarious. A closed door meeting. Everything's behind a closed door. I mean, Technically, means- we're having a closed door meeting right now. I mean, where do you want them to have the meeting? God, I would. I'm so much happier when people have meetings behind closed doors as opposed to loudly screaming in a Starbucks. Yeah, that bothers me. Everything should be done in secret. Do it. Big fan. So Trump and now Ben Carson as well, they've both said that they will run as third-party candidates if they're not treated fairly by the Republican Party. Where the hypocrisy lies with the Republicans in regards to how they blame the liberals for being whiny and they blame political correctness as ruining the country, the Republicans uh, fall into the trap when it comes to blaming the media for asking questions. Granted, sometimes the media does ask tough questions, but hey, roll with it. Yeah. Have fun. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, I gotcha question. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just a question. Answer the damn thing. It's not that difficult to do. And then, of course, Ben Carson and Donald Trump fall into that trap of whining when it comes to their uh, belief that the Republican establishment doesn't want them in the race. And they probably don't want them in the race. Absolutely not. Some perspective in the numbers for Donald Trump. Okay. He is a Republican's makeup, and I spoke about this on the Meghan McCain uh, radio show, which you can go and listen to. It's an American now. It's a very fun show to do. And uh, 40% of registered voters in this country right now are Republicans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's 40%. Of that 40%, roughly 30% like Donald Trump. 
So that puts Donald Trump's actual support nation, uh, nationwide at around 12%. Yeah, out of all those uh, 30%, out of all those people that'll vote. You know, well, you have to put that into perspective as well. That's right. So uh, Donald Trump recently tweeted out because that's how that's how the Donald gets to you. Mm-hmm. He he goes right to your uh, right to your iPhone, right to your Samsung Galaxy. He's he's always in your pocket. You just got to turn on your phone and you're talking to Trump. Isn't that exciting for everyone? A president in your pocket. A Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> I will have a president in every pocket. I think that's a president a president in your pocket. I do love that idea. And that really is exactly where he is. Yeah. Uh, he's currently residing in my pocket right now. Of the 30%, uh, if he would go over and run as an independent, 68% of that 30% would then support his independent campaign, putting his numbers roughly 9 10%. Right. Okay, so Ross Perot in 1991's campaign, in 1992 in the election, he won 19%. And a lot of people give credit to Ross Perot or they diss on Ross Perot because they think they cost H.W. Bush. He cost they think he cost H.W. Bush the election. But there are a lot of numbers that would say uh, Bill Clinton actually got more. uh, He got less votes because of uh, of Ross Perot and H.W. Perot actually pulled less away from H.W. They would Bill Clinton got 43% of the total vote in 1992, okay? And they were saying if without Ross Perot, uh, without Perot running, Bill Clinton would have had 56% of the vote and H.W. would have had 40% of the vote. H.W. ran a terrible campaign. If you remember those mm-hmm. debates, he kept on looking at his watch. He made the uh, massive mistake of promising uh, no new taxes. You can never promise or speak in um, definitives when you're, when you're a president because you never know what's going to have to happen. Bill Clinton ran a brilliant campaign, came out of nowhere. Not one political pundit thought he had a chance. So even if Donald Trump does go, runs uh, and runs as an independent, his actual power, the percentage of people that are going to vote for him, it's not even half of what uh, of who voted for Ross Perot. And I don't think it's really going to have that much of an impact on the elections. Obviously, it would hurt. The, the common theory is that it would hurt the Republicans more. But who knows? You know, with the, with the people that support Trump, the, the diehard Trumpsters, I don't think that they would have voted. They're not voting for anybody else. You know, I think you do make a bit of a point there. I think diehard Trumpsters, though, are also the same sort of people that don't know that you need to be registered to vote. No, you just have to show them your gun. <laughs> you show the guy your gun and you're allowed to vote. You, know, you can do some same, most states have same day registration. If you don't, I mean, yeah, check it out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you should be getting an envelope at some time, uh, you know, here in the near future. I mean, Iowa is just a few months away now. So you should start to get a flyer or something being like, hey, come to the elementary school and, you know, to cast your vote. And that's, and that's very good. But I will say, do not go to the elementary school unless it's there to vote. You can't just be showing up every day and be like, it's, I, I would like to vote. May I vote? May I vote? You will be put on a registry. You can only go to a middle school or an elementary school one day every four years as an adult, unless you're a teacher or a janitor. That's what I was going to say. And that, th- that day is voting day. So I think that that's one of the interesting um points that's sort of being glazed over with the Trump love. And again, um, 
Donald Trump, he's still spent very, very little money. He's spent less money than any candidate running. And he's getting more and more exposure than any, uh, more and more exposure than any candidate. Media loves him. They, he drives up ad dollars. They're through the roof. There's a next, the, the next Republican um, debate. It's coming up here. I believe it's the 15th, which is going to be the last one of the year. Ad sales are through the roof. And that's why Donald Trump is doing so well uh, with getting exposure because the media desperately needs him. 24 million people watched the first debate, which Fox News, I believe that was on Fox News. Not 100% sure. Maybe it was CNBC. I don't know. Either way, it was the largest ratings in uh, cable news history. That's why Donald Trump is doing so well with the uh, with getting the media attention. It, they, they desperately need him. They both need each other. And the media completely understands and plays into every single campaign strategy that Donald Trump has thrown out there, which is very, very unique, and we'll never see it again in our lifetime. Donald Trump also gave $100,000 to the Citizens United Super PAC, which was pushing the, through the legislation that now that we know to be Citizens United, which allows for unlimited money to be poured into political campaigns. We all know that. Do we actually see that money resonating uh, to, to votes? Not necessarily. You know, I always talk about David Bratt and, uh, and Eric Cantor. Eric Cantor had all the money. I mean, the minority whip. And out of nowhere, this college professor comes using a very similar approach that Donald Trump is using via media. It was the Laura Ingrams of the world. Rush Limbaugh really got behind Bratt. So you do have these sort of conservative talking head pundits who's, to some degree, they are kingmakers. Yeah. Specifically uh, a Rush Limbaugh type. Yeah, I mean, it's, more than Rush Limbaugh uttering your name positively in a sentence is worth more than some coach brothers, some cock brothers giving you a hundred thousand dollars or one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That, that translates a lot more than cash. Oh, that's what we've been talking about this entire time. How Donald Trump has spent the least amount of money out of all of the candidates, despite having the most money. Uh, and the person who can't get any traction that should drop out might drop out here pretty soon after this debate. Depending mm. is Jeb Bush. Got to go, Jeb. Jeb is blasting everybody on the airwaves. He's got commercials starting and all those things. Uh, it is just, it is got to go. No one wants another Bush. We cannot have another Bush-Clinton election. I want to talk briefly about Donald Trump's controversial statements regarding every single Muslim. <laughs> 1.5 billion people. Okay, so this is where Donald Trump's No, he's of, doing good for the Muslims. He's doing, yeah, just ask him. <laughs> He's doing great for the Muslims. I don't. I don't. I would love to meet a Muslim who really supports him, um, and I'm sure there is. I'm, I'm sure that there are a few Muslims that absolutely love him. Yeah, uh, yeah, there were wealthy ones. Yeah, that, there were know. also some black people that were totally down with slavery. I don't know about all of that. <laughs> yes, uh, Donald Trump mentioned how because uh, you know because we are at war, we are at war with terrorism, regardless of if you don't want to participate in the war or if you don't uh, want to identify what we are current our conflict what our current conflict is which is war regardless of what you want the world to be like there is a large group of individuals who have declared war on the United States and they will constantly be doing uh, uh, constantly attempting to pull off attacks like San Bernou <laughs> <laughs> so because of that Donald Trump now you know he he uh, you know he references um uh, the uh, the president uh, what was the, what's the president with the Japanese Exclusion Act? 
Uh, FDR. FDR. FDR did it. But like mm-hmm. people are like, that was a bad thing. You know, everyone's <laughs> just like, but that was that part of American history that we apologized for. And we uh-huh. gave a bunch of cash to Japanese Americans yeah. and all that. Super ashamed of it. Super ashamed, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Donald Trump uses this as a reference for strong leadership. Not, and this is again, not to defend Donald Trump, but this is what happened uh, this, this week. The House and the Senate and the President all agreed to ban travel from Iraq, Syria, Sudan, and Iran. Okay, if you had visited either of those four states within the past five years, or if you currently reside in those states, you cannot travel to the United States. Even if you're an American citizen. Even if you're an American citizen. Wow. So if you've been outside, if you're currently outside. You can come home. You can come home. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be a citizen or have traveled there. So, I mean, yeah. Um I don't I don't think that you could if you're an American citizen if you if you lived over there I think that would be they would probably be quite a, scre- a screening process. I would imagine so. And it's it's in regards to the visa waiver program, the visa waiver program which is now done away with because we are again at war. So what you have is a policy that is uh, done about that comes from the perspective of nations as opposed to religion. Yeah. Which, but we know for a fact the majority of the people in those nations are Muslims. Yes. So Donald Trump saying he's going to ban all Muslims, yeah, it, it, is it, uh, it is not a, it's not a highbrow statement. <laughs> it, is, it does not come across as, as oozing with, uh, you know, uh, political, inform, uh, you know um, political intelligence, but it, it resonates with those... I don't want to say not the, no. It's it's the, it's. I mean, it's they're it's not cowards. They're, they're people who don't like people who uh, you know don't enjoy political rhetoric, and they don't they don't uh, like hearing people articulately express political opinions. They just want to hear Muslims can't come. Yeah, you know. But in reality, the United States just put in a policy that does pretty much exactly what Donald Trump said, but they did it with you know uh, much more nuance. Much more under the table for some reason. The mass media hasn't uh, picked up on the story, or they they're not running with the story because Donald Trump saying we should ban all Muslims is just much more romantic. It's got racism. It's got bravado. It's got l- the ability to every single person in the country understands what he is saying. Right, uh, and every single ISIS recruiter understands what he's saying as well. That I is mean, very that, true. That's what this is going to be used for. Is like it's fine. It, it's not. It's again with, yeah. with Trump. Is that yeah? It's it's a joke. It's funny. It's fine. But this is the strongest. He, Donald Trump has given ISIS the strongest recruiting tool that ISIS has gotten in years. I mean, if you want to, de- if you want to make it look like that, yes, the United mm. States is having a war on Islam. That yes, they hate you. Yes, there is nothing that they hate more than Muslims. They fear more than Muslims. Trump has given it to him. Yeah, like, this is this is. I mean, again, it's not what what he's. It's not what he's saying. It's what he's saying. What it represents and who can use it for their own gain. I will say the people, the members of ISIS in the Middle East right now, in Syria and Iraq, and uh, you know Yemen and, and Jordan. I don't think that they're paying that much close attention to the local government you know to primary elections in the united states but to your point i do believe that it does resonate with the muslims who are in this country that might uh, be more likely to look elsewhere 
for uh, you know for a sense of nationalism. Well, if the United States you know does choose to close their close the door on again the second largest religion on the face of the uh, planet, and I don't like any of these religions by the way. So I mean I whatever. But anyway, so 1.5 billion people. I mean that's a huge number. So to your point, I do think there are individuals living in the country right now. There was just a situation in Philadelphia where a van ruled by a mosque and they threw a pig's head at it, Ugh. which is offensive because the you know the Muslims they don't love the pigs or maybe they like pigs more than we do i think pigs probably like muslims more than uh more than us because we just chow down on the damn things pigs yeah. are probably really happy when people are disgusted by them they're like thank you thanks thanks for thanks for thinking i'm too dirty to consume i'm just gonna go continue on being dirty over here and, uh, and alive yeah i mean to your point the the onion had a, a great headline to speaking exactly to that it said uh donald trump gives uh you know almost radicalized muslim just the last push that he needed right because if you're here in america and all of a sudden you're being told it's like yeah muslims aren't welcome here you're not american Mm -hmm. then yeah like you said the nationalism is going to be found elsewhere uh and that could be uh somewhere like iraq or syria yeah uh, well i think not too fond of us they're saying they're definitely telling people um not to not to travel over to syria anymore isis's new message is homegrown terrorism um every month there was roughly nine people the fbi busted for going over to places like syria for going over to places like iraq now that number is down to six uh six people a month the fbi roughly busts for wanting to go over there they feel as if they've they've been radicalized and they want to go fight the jihad which i don't know why anyone would i mean it's just a lot of travel (laughs) i I hate traveling you got to go through turkey the whole thing's a nightmare but now that's down a third to six uh, people every month and the fbi is warning i believe it's james comey uh, that that is because the new propaganda campaign from ISIS is to have people stay in their hometowns, stay in their home countries, and uh, commit acts of terrorism like we saw again in San Bernardino. All right, so that's my stance. That's what I'm thinking. That's just one thing I want people to think about, though, when when people discuss Donald Trump and his unbelievable racism. It is nothing that the U.S. government isn't doing. You know, I mean, it is it is they know for a fact those four countries, they're not banning Mormons. You know, there's not a whole bunch of Hare Krishnas over there. Yeah, they are banning a group of people that the the vast majority of the people who reside in those places are Muslim. So they just have a little bit more nuance with it. But at the end of the day, and again, it is just those four countries. And that's the, those are the countries that are a hotbed for terrorism right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes a lot more sense than saying banning all Muslims. But it's not as if the, the U.S. government under uh, liberal Barack Obama, no one wants to call him out for, the act, for his actions of war and for his uh, you know policies that if, he, if the press actually covered the White House, the way they do, I do believe Republicans get more um, scrutiny from the media, and I think that's a very good thing. I would like to see this administration get a little bit more scrutiny. So, when you have, uh, when you hear Donald Trump discuss those things, everyone throws him under the bus. Just keep in mind the Senate, and the Congress, and the, and the House, and the President, all pretty much just did the exact thing that Donald Trump was referencing doing in a campaign speech. Really working hard on this Trump apologist stick, aren't you? I'm not working hard <laughs> on it. No, I am just no, I if anything I'm trying to demonize Obama. Yeah. No, I'm just I mean these these people, the people in power are going to be doing things that unless it goes unchecked or I mean they're they're going they're getting away with murder. And because Donald Trump who again, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I don't think he's that powerful. Mhm. 
You know, right now, if he would run as an independent, he's looking at roughly 10% of the vote. I don't even know if that would sway. I mean, but he's not powerful. He's poison. It's a big difference. I mean, yeah, it's he's, a, just he's a never, presidential candidate. He's just well. Nah. When, when we have a president who is actually in power and passing legislation that is truly, uh, you know, disinfecting and, and uh, you know, stopping an entire group, groups of people from entering the country, which I understand. Again, I mean, we are at war, but I just feel like Donald Trump takes a lot of heat for things that he says, and Barack Obama doesn't get a lot of heat for the things that he does. Eh, that is true. Uh, I do agree with that. But Donald Trump, the things that he says, he's still a public figure, and for some reason he is respected and listened to by... I don't a, know if he's respected. By a certain po- yeah. portion of uh, our population, yeah, he is totally respected for some ungodly reason that I cannot fathom. I mean, it could be that maybe we're going back to the time of the uh, late 19th century when, you know, business men were the biggest celebrities of the age the yeah. Rockefellers and all that uh, I don't know why he's so respected by some people but it's you know like I said before he's given these people permission there's a reason why Stormfront the white supremacist website their traffic is going through the roof since yeah. since Trump has started talking about all this stuff like people are starting to return to white supremacy like it's starting they're getting to make, a little cozy com- they're getting a little cozy discussing it publicly it's that's making sure. a comeback yeah and that's right. what Trump is doing is that he's making white supremacy he's making people comfortable about saying it again he's you know make america great again is i mean it is definitely code for make america white again you saying white people aren't great (laughs) we're fine we're totally fine (laughs) make america fine again just doesn't have the same pop to it marcus (laughs) i understand what you're saying everyone's fine all the races we're all fine you know like (laughs) there's not one that's better than the other we're fine but yeah. it's that's what that's what Trump is doing. That's a, Trump is not powerful. Trump is poison, uh, mm. and that's what's and he's dangerous. Yes. All right. So good point, Marcus. I don't. I don't know. I, don't I think take- you make a great point as well with Obama. You know, with, with the government uh, doing. You know, with keeping all these people out. Uh, but it's you know, I, I think it's just a bit of a different thing from what Trump's doing. Yeah, I think. Uh, it's just difficult. People, you know, politics become so heated. People become so upset. Just try to have a little bit of perspective. This is just a presidential candidate who, again, if the elections were held today, he would not. He's not winning any general election he's whatsoever. Winning, no. But let's uh, switch gears really qu- uh, quickly to Hillary Clinton, because I was thinking about this this week. Um, first of all, she finally got asked on a campaign trail about uh, the, uh, the the multiple women that have accused uh, former President Bill Clinton of sexual assault. Just a few names. Uh, Ellen, Ellen Wellstone. That was in. Uh, she was a 19 year old English chick. He did that. Uh, let's see here. There was a what is it? Broderick. Juanita Broderick. Uh, yeah, Juanita Broderick. Yep. And then he also, there's this guy, Caroline Moffat, Elizabeth Ward, Paula Corbin, Sandra Allen James. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Of course, there was Paula Jones, who got $850,000 in a payout of for hush money. Hillary finally, uh, you know, got asked about it, and she skirted the question, uh, as she will constantly have to do. Talk about power. Power. What is power? If you're the presidency of the United, if you're the president of the United States, you have a finite time. You have four years, eight years max. Power is in the Supreme Court. Those are the those are that's a president's legacy. You know that's that's really where you know um, that is where a president 
has power for life. I don't think the Supreme Court justices should sit for life either because we get to the point where you have someone like Antonio Antonio Scalia making some relatively controversial comments regarding affirmative action, um, which, again, I think was taken, were taken a little bit out of context. He was labeled racist immediately as opposed to people diving down to the larger issue, which is basically how um, schools in urban cities have been devastated by bad social policy and public policy, whether it be anti-charter schools. I'm very pro-charter schools. I know some people are against them, and I understand why, theoretically, you take out the smartest children from public schools, you put them into a charter school, which then lowers the numbers for the public school and keeps them uh, you know, with a lower status quo than the charter schools. So this, this is the premise. That's why charter schools some people believe are, are negative because then they deflate the funds from public schools because you've taken away the only intelligent kids, not the only intelligent kids, but the smartest of the smart. I believe as human beings are, if you are super smart, it's very difficult to survive and be smart in settings where that is not socially acceptable. And I think uh, people tend to sink um, as opposed to rise. It's mm. much more difficult to bring people up to your level. It's much easier, especially for an influential mind. You know, when you're a kid, your brain is nothing yet. I mean, it's not nothing, but you you are so much more easily influenced to, to make decisions that might be against your own, you know, best interests solely because you want to be uh, thought of as a cool kid or whatever. It might be totally normal. Mm. So that's why I'm pro charter schools, because I just think it's a very difficult thing for intelligent kids to be put in settings where that isn't idolized because maybe they're not very athletic or whatever it might be. Um, I think the odds of them sinking down and uh, and turning more, uh, you know, focusing less on education and, and, and uh, you know, doing things that might inhibit their progress in life. I think that's more easy to do than raise up an entire class of people and try to have them love test tubes and science. Again, I would have never qualified for a charter school. Yeah. So I would I would have been the kid at the, <laughs> you know, the kid at the public school. There's right. no doubt about so that. So charter schools are like Hogwarts? Sort of, yeah. yeah. They are they are sort of a Hogwarts type. Okay, cool. All right. So I've never really gotten charter schools, but yeah, now now I understand that. Yeah, yeah. And I I would almost agree with that as well because if you have uh, kids brought up to a higher level, then you can focus on teaching the kids that are at a lower level. They must be taught differently. Kids at a higher level must yeah. be taught differently than kids at a lower level. And if you can, and by the way, we have to. I this is one small thing I have to say about uh, education. As far as uh, legislation actually getting passed this week was a fantastic week for legislation actually getting passed no child left behind being repealed mm. this is huge that's wonderful like this is gigantic that this i think this will prove to be like as far as obama being a good president or a bad president this is something that i will always point to is like well fuck at least he did that I because think that's great right now i mean we had a generation of kids pretty much ruined by no child left we, behind we really did and we were discussing before the show how w W. Bush, he turned off a lot of conservatives. A lot of conservatives were very upset with him because of policies that from a federal level. The yeah. federal government went in, you know, conservatives are supposed to be small government. Local governments should uh, handle the majority of the of the tasks uh, that go to create a better society. And for the federal government to go into every single classroom in this country, in every single state, in every single county, was such an overreach. Then, of course, they didn't fund it because we had to fund a huge war that we're still in. 
And so it, it was a it was a terrible policy from the beginning, made even worse by lack of funding. We got to get kids out of the bubbles and back into having creative yeah. dialogue and creative thought. And not only that, but they are also bringing back uh, music and art as core subjects. Thank God. And this is like the 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 education reform that was passed at the end of this year is landmark. This is the return because uh, I. Education is a big deal. As far as I'm concerned, like education uh, policy in America is so important and so overlooked and that this right. is a huge thing uh, for us to pass in 2015. I think mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, we got to get the education numbers back up. That's that is just absolutely insane that we are not uh, that we're not number one in the world when it comes to the maths and the sciences. And uh, that's why we constantly have to have people. Uh, from overseas come into our colleges, get college degrees, and we have such poor immigration policies. We kick them out as soon as we've educated them, and then they can go and uh, build beautiful science labs in, in Dubai or wherever they might be from. Yeah. So what Scalia was saying, again, back to the Supreme Court, Scalia mentioned how um, affirmative action is negative towards black students because black students aren't prepared for places like Harvard or wherever it might be. Or public uh, institutions, which on its face I don't I don't agree with, but the premise that so but everyone just labeled him a racist, and it is uh, a racial statement to say the least. Um, but the problem is that and no one's addressing the problem. There is such weak school systems throughout this entire country. Thank God, of uh, you know, um, no child left behind getting repealed might really help that. Hopefully it it can. We have to get back on track. So I think that is the larger point that Scalia was trying to make. Obviously, again, much like Donald Trump, he was not very articulate uh, articulate about it, but uh, the rage dedicated towards Scalia should be much higher than the rage uh, shown Donald Trump because he is one of the nine most powerful people in the country. The Supreme Court justices are the most powerful people in the face of the country, in, in, in the country. Anyway, so back to um, Hillary Clinton. Scalia, not Scalia, Breyer and Ruth Bader Ginsburg are both going to retire in the next administration. Yeah. They were both appointed by Bill Clinton in, in 93, I believe 93 and 94. So the Clintons, two people, one couple, will have the potential to, to nominate four Supreme Court justices. That's power. Yeah. That is, a, that is a centralization of power that we have never seen in this country before. The, the Democrats don't seem to mind having another Clinton on there. I will give the Republicans credit for absolutely throwing Jeb in the trash. Yeah. Jeb is desperate. He, he's, you know, he wants to be... He oh, he's thirsty. To, he's thirsty. Oh, my God. He's me at a strip club. Got to go to the bathroom for a couple of minutes. Um, but, the, but the Republicans are like, no, we're done. We don't like dynasty politics. The Democrats uh, in this cycle are a little bit more willing to allow dynasty uh, politics. So all I'm saying, when it comes to Hillary Clinton, and when people discuss power, she... The Clintons, if she does get the nomination, I don't see her not getting the nomination. And then if she is the uh, the president, they will have appointed four Supreme Court justices, which is something that we've never seen one couple ever do in the history of this country. So it is a little bit. I mean, and again, you know, I'm sure some people are thinking, well, they're both going to be liberals. So to some degree, you're just kind of, you know, keeping it um you know, keeping the court what it is. Not not, not much is going to change. Breyer is a very right. liberal. No, Breyer isn't that crazy liberal. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a little bit more liberal. Um, so they will be replaced with people with similar ideology. But nonetheless, the point is uh, two people 
uh, one couple appointing four Supreme Court justices. And you just have to wonder if that's the kind of country, that kind of democracy that was intended. But anyway, so that's that little that's that little tidbit of information. Yeah. Um, all right, we don't have a lot of time here. This is this has been such a fun episode, though. A real laugh riot. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a lot. I think we had a lot of uh, interesting points. Uh, go to the Facebook page. I love this Facebook page. A lot of people call me an idiot on there. <laughs> My God. Oh yeah, they call me an idiot too. We're all idiots. <laughs> I don't mind it. No, I, 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 I actually I am truly proud. And, you know, when we talk about uh, loving diverse opinions, we don't just say that. I love the diverse opinions. I know that we have some Bernie Sanders supporters, some Trumpsters on there. Some I think somebody even likes Carly Fiorina. Ooh. Yeah, we even got one of those, which is which is big. I don't think we don't get a lot of Ben Carson. If you like Ben Carson, go tell us on the Facebook page. I'd love to meet you. I think Ben Carson supporters, I think their supporters are about the only ones we're not going to get. We could even get like a yeah. Bobby Jindal supporter list. Oh, he's now. gone. I mean, he I know. Probably he's probably got Bobby Jindal himself. <laughs> Wearing a robe, walking around the house, <laughs> sipping champagne, sad as hell. Love Bobby. Um, all right, everyone. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel. Go join the Facebook page. Um, let's see. I'm doing Red Eye uh, Tuesday at three o'clock in the morning. So I'm not sure if this will be out afterwards or before or whatever. So check that out. And uh, all right, that's it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.